everybody. I'm Casey Forbes. And I'm Sarah Cuvion. And welcome to Let the Good Crimes Roll. We do have, I didn't bring this up before. I figured I'd throw it in there. I was going to do a Corey Gauthier update. Yes, please do. Yeah. So last week, if you're not local here, you probably don't keep, you probably don't really keep up with our local news. Unfortunately, they did recover Corey's body. Right. The investigation is ongoing. And I don't know if it's a suicide. I've gotten some, I've heard tell they believe it was a suicide, Mm -hmm. but we have no definitive information at this point. There's so many rumors going around about what has happened and who's talking and who's not. I mean, there's an ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And um, And it's... It's, it's kind know. of it's yeah. kind of hard to to report on it because we th- you know things are just rumors and I don't want to report rumors and everything right. but I did read that the preliminary cause of death was drowning that means when she went into the water she was alive that is interesting oh yes. my gosh so I mean but that could mean many different things oh god do you think you could survive uh, if you were to jump off the Mississippi River Bridge and survive I that don't see how I I don't, that's a that's a long that is, drop. That is a long, scary drop. Yes, man. Well, well the more I'm, I'm gonna follow the case, and the more information we get, yeah. we'll report on it. Um, yeah, and hopefully we'll get the full autopsy results in. Yeah. Um. So we can really get a better understanding of what happened. Drowning, really? Yeah. So mm-hmm. she would have survived that just to drown. Yeah. Now, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that she was conscious. Right. When she went over. That's, that's um, true. Yeah. She's, I don't know. Um, we also, in a couple of weeks, we, my, our cousin Amber, <gasps> I had made a joke about her. Not, it wasn't a joke because I really do want her to, to be on the show, but she's like, okay, I'm ready to podcast now. Oh, okay. We're going to, I want to, I want to see if we can find one about cousins, something to do with cousins. Um, I know that there was a big serial killer in, um, California, Mm -hmm. the Hillside Strangler. Wasn't that a pair of cousins? I have no idea. Well, I'm going to look into it because I'm going to do something that relates to cousins. I thought we should do It would be cool. She lives in New Orleans. She was born here, Mm -hmm. but she does live in New Orleans. It would be interesting if we could find something around there because, you know, oh, New Orleans has like a truckload of and she's a mess, true her. crime. <laughs> she would be she would be right up there with Dino as far as <laughs> oh, God, a fun yes. co-host. So and she listens every week. So yes. I get a fo- I get a phone call saying, girl, I can't believe you put my name in there. <laughs> like, well, you have to be on the show. Like, get used to it's it. It's always a laugh. Because yeah. we always talk about y'all. Yeah. Our so. cousins. <laughs> Okay, so this week's episode might sound a little familiar because we we glossed over this case last week with uh, Candace DeLong. It's the case of Rachel Wade. I have named this one this guy. <laughs> Literally, that's just the <laughs> that name is of it. my reaction as well. Yeah, because we get to see front and center the guy that everyone was fighting over. And if you don't know what we're talking about or you don't remember, we're going to dive into it. So Rachel Wade was born in 1990 in Florida. And before I, I'm sorry, y'all, before we jump into it, this is Snapped, Sarah's favorite. <laughs> um, it's season nine, episode 16. I found it on Amazon Prime. You might could find it somewhere else. Yeah. The narrator was better Sharon. on this one. It's the same girl. It's a, she did better on this one. It wasn't like... She wasn't as dramatic. Uh, or maybe I was just too focused on the story. I don't know. Maybe so. Yeah, because, oh, Sharon. <laughs> um, so we're in Florida, and Rachel is described as an attractive, petite blonde. Uh, Snapped says she had a pretty typical upbringing, but to me, that's debatable. I don't see her upbringing as uh, uh, no. normal. 
I don't either. And the reason being is, so we meet Nicholas Dagnault. I think that's how you say his name. He is an ex-boyfriend of Rachel's. He says she grew up in a nice home. Her mom was a special ed teacher um, at a kindergarten. And around 13, Rachel became very rebellious. From when she was like 13 or 14, she just stopped listening to her parents. And she just did whatever she wanted to. This is a girl who grew up very fast at a very young age. She was a bit of a wild child. She just sneak out of her house at like two o'clock in the morning, come over to my house. And that's where Rachel's story took its first unusual turn. She just moved in with me. She lived with me from like 15 to like 18, basically. And Nick says she would sneak out of her parents' house and come to his house until one day she just never left. This is my first problem. From age 15 to 18, she lived with her boyfriend and her parents were okay with it. Yeah, that's what what happened there, mom and dad. Yeah, I wouldn't be okay with it. No, I would not be okay with it. I'd be knocking on that door. Um, excuse me. Now... You have a minor in there. Did you get the impression that he was on his own too or did he live with his parents? Because they mention a roommate at some other Girl, point. Girl, that is his sister. That's- I <laughs> laughed at that. <laughs> They said, yes, yeah, because we, okay, so we talked to a girl named Jennifer, and the description of her is Raid Rachel's ex housemate. Mm hmm. It was Nicholas's sister. I think I think that he lived with his parents. It does okay. because it doesn't tell us his age. We so, don't know if he's older or what. So then that means that not only were her parents okay with it, his parents were okay right. with it. Right. That's just weird. I would not be okay with my um, daughter no. leaving my house and, and to live with a boyfriend. To live with a boyfriend. And I mean, they're lucky she didn't get pregnant during that time. At sixteen, uh, she dropped out of school. Again, her parents just let her. It's fine, you know. We have a ton of reporters in this. I did not bother to write their names down. There's one reporter who says... She wanted to have her own place. She wanted to have her own life. So here are her parents who, you know, what do you do as a parent? Their daughter comes to them. Rachel comes to them and says, I want to be more independent. So they allow her to be more independent. She just wanted to have her own place and have her own life. Okay, what teenager doesn't? I know. That's uh, that's the parent's job is to set boundaries and parameters. And one reporter who she's very pretty. She looks like Kim Kardashian a bit, kind of, mm-hmm. a little bit. So I'm gonna call her reporter Kim. That's not her name. We're told by reporter Kim that Rachel came to her parents and says she wanted to be more independent, and they allowed her to be by dropping out of school and moving in with her boyfriend at 15. This just does not sound like good parenting. No. And clearly, you and I are both right on that because look what this girl ends up. Uh, right. You I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like good parenting is not allowing your 15 year old to move. Like you still have authority yeah. over her at that age. I'm sorry. Nicholas and Rachel's relationship was incredible. Incredibly toxic as most, not most, not you had a very healthy teenage yeah. relationship. Went on and married him. <laughs> exactly. But but a lot of them, especially when you have parents who just let you run wild, they're not. Mm-hmm. And this one was particularly toxic. And <laughs> Jessica, who is the housemate, also has the same last name as Nicholas and kind of looks like him. <laughs> Um, she says that she would hear Nicholas and Rachel scream at all hours of the night. Nicholas says... She'd punch me in the face and be like, whatever. I think she just wanted to do something to get control. You know, whether it's control of the conversation or the situation or anything. And on at least one occasion, frustrated that her punches failed to make an impression, Nicholas says their fight escalated even further. There's a lot of crazy times with me and that girl. She's held a knife to my throat before. Nicholas doesn't remember exactly how the fight started, only how it ended. We were in my room arguing. 
just like screaming at each other and you know getting a little physical she's punching me on my face i'm trying to keep her on the ground and she just grabbed it and just held it in my throat i was just like do it do it you're not gonna do it and then uh she just dropped it cried and ran away I don't know how much of this I truly believe because it almost like he was bragging. Nicholas says Rachel would punch him, which I believe that, and threatened him by putting a knife to his throat at least once. And he goes, I told her to do it. Just do it. I'm like, bitch, you did not tell her that. She has a legitimate knife to your throat and she got crazy eyes. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like when she's mad, she's got those kind of crazy eyes. Like, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past her. And you're going to say, do it. Yeah. That's just dumb. So the relationship ended when Nicholas cheated on her in summer of 2008. And the way he says it, he's just like, yeah, I mean, I cheated on her. There was the week I cheated on her. And for some reason, she just wanted to end our relationship. Yeah, he just weird. says it so casually, like nonchalant, you know. Like no remorse. This might just, be why. It could be a reason why. I'm not really sure. Well, this seemed to be the jolt that Rachel needed to kind of get her act together some. Which I will give her respect for this. Because if she truly was doing this by herself, that's cool. I kind of wonder if her parents maybe were helping mm-hmm. her a little bit. At 18, Rachel moves into an apartment by herself. She got a full-time job at Applebee's and got her GED and started spending more and more time with her parents. Yeah. She got her own car. Bought yeah, bought yeah. her own car, all that. So she was doing pretty good until at a party she meets this guy named Josh Camacha, who she knew from elementary school. And <laughs> it's funny to me the description of him because when I see him, like you know, they show pictures of him. Mm-hmm. He had tattoos and smoke pot and had a pit bull. He liked to pose, you know, with his shirt off, making muscles in the mirror for Facebook pictures. In addition to the tattoos, pit bull, and attitude, the 19-year-old also had a child with another teenager. I'm a 36-year-old woman. They're like, he was a bad boy. He Mm -hmm. had tattoos and he was smoking cigarettes. In one picture, he was holding a gun and he was petting a pet pit bull. (laughs) And to me, what I saw was this skinny little kid. Yeah. He had like a hairstyle from like... The 90s, like a 90s yes. middle school girl hairstyle. It's yeah. like the long hair. It's kind of like flipped at the ends. And- <laughs> well, did you see? I think his hair must have been naturally curly because when he, you know, when he testifies, uh, there's times where we see his hair is curly and it was so pretty. <laughs> so when he straightens it, I'm like, he looks like Snoop Dogg a little well, bit. Well, he, he took the time it. to straighten his curly hair. Right. I but mean, it doesn't, it's so much prettier, just curly. And y'all, I'm not, I, I, I don't know much about, I mean, I think about uh, people who have naturally curly hair and they always want to straighten it. And I'm like, wow, because my hair is straight as a board. Mm. I'm like, your hair is so beautiful curled. <laughs> and they're like, well, it's much easier. Because I always tell Maddie, uh, her, her niece, she's got mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful curly hair. And every time she curls it, I'm like, I'm so proud of you for curling <laughs> it because she's all about straightening it. And I'm like, Well, I think now she's embraced the curls because I, rare, oh, I rarely see her with straightened hair. And it's if your hair is naturally curly, it's probably a lot easier, mm-hmm. huh? You know, you just... I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we both have straight hair. I wouldn't know. Mine is like straight as a board. But man, them curls. And Josh's curls were beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. So I'm like, Josh, mm-hmm. we're curly. Like, him straightening his hair out made him look <laughs> silly. I, I agree. <laughs> See, Especially with so that, skinny. Little, that little that little fair faucet flip at the end and everything. <laughs> I know. But apparently he was the one that everyone wanted and swooned over. I don't get it. We don't get it. I 
Oh I don't gosh. even care if this was years ago. Like, I don't get it. Well, what really kind of bothered me about him was, you know, he's dating Rachel. And then, now we find this out from Nicholas, ex-boyfriend Nicholas. We take this with a grain of salt because I guess he knew how to, you know, how else would he know? But, mm. you know, Josh had Rachel as a girlfriend. Um, he had a baby mama who was also a teenager. And Nicholas tells us that he cheated on the baby mama with the baby mama's best friend. So there was a lot of drama Around this this guy. So he sounds like a winner here. Yeah. There's a reporter to me who looks like Tim Allen. So I'm going <laughs> to call him Reporter Tim. Reporter Tim is like, he was a player. Because <laughs> he talks really funny. Yeah. He reminds kind of like, like, a, like if, a, if a turtle talked to him. Yeah. He was a player. So, I mean, he truly was. So it wasn't just baby mama, baby mama's best friend, Rachel. There was also a girl by the name of Sarah Ludeman, who was 18 years old. And she was the opposite of Rachel. Like 10 months younger than Rachel, Sarah was almost her exact opposite. Sarah Ludeman, by all accounts, was an excellent student. She didn't have much of a social life, certainly not a wild social life. But that all changed in July of 2008 when she met Josh Camacho at a local fast food restaurant. We would go there a lot, and he was working in the back, and he just would kind of stick his head out the window and wink at her all the time. And then one day he came out and approached her and started talking to her. She was just notoriously a good girl, made straight A's, never missed school. She was just a dream. Mm -hmm. You know, her parents were very involved. And she met Josh at a, he was working at a fast food restaurant. You know, when you're a teenager, I guess that wouldn't bother you. I mean, I guess now I'm like, he was working at Raising Cane. But yeah, but when you're in high school or just out of high school, you're just like, he has a job. He's got a job. Yeah. So he finally asked Sarah out, even though he's got five other women on the side. And Sarah just becomes smitten, just falls in love with this guy. He is the love of her life. I wonder what her parents thought about that. This young kid who has a child with a woman and then. Well, her dad called him a rat. Yes. She said he looked like a rat. And I mean, her family did try to accept him and embrace him because it was the first guy she brought home. They figured, you know, and this is actually a smart move. Like next summer, she's going off to college. Let her have their fling with this with this cat mm-hmm. and she'll outgrow him, basically, right. is how I feel. And that's not what happened at all. So we also find out he was a terrible influence on her, which this yeah. would piss me off if I was a parent. She started skipping school. Her grades started going down. Yeah, that's what would get me. Sarah's friends say her life just ruined revolved around around Josh. Ever the salty one, our narrator Sharon says, Josh didn't return the favor, however. Ever the player, he continued to see Rachel on the side. Josh didn't return the favor. <laughs> because Josh would leave Sarah's house at 12. Because, because she, that had a, was her. she had a curfew. Yes. Yeah. And then she would go over to Rachel's house yeah, and just he, stay with Rachel. He would go over, leave one girlfriend, head to the other. Thanks to the world Unbeknownst of, uh, to either of them in the beginning. Right. No one had a clue. Thanks to the world of MySpace. We were right. Oh, it was MySpace. Remember? Good old MySpace. <laughs> Rachel finds out that Sarah is dating Josh Mm -hmm. and Rachel is also dating Josh. So Rachel starts to send Sarah messages on on MySpace. Mm -hmm. And at first, Sarah just completely ignores them because, you know, she's dating someone who is a gaslighter. Mm -hmm. And Josh is just telling Sarah that Rachel was a crazy ex who just wouldn't let him go. Right. Listen, ladies, I've dated this guy before who had multiple, (laughs) who had like a hoe in every area code, you know, and they weren't hoes. I'm just, it's like 
the joke or whatever, but they were actually very nice people. And they're going to tell you, oh, that girl's crazy. Mm-hmm. They just won't let me go. But let, let me, real men know how to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Even if there's a crazy ex, there's a difference between one guy that I dated who was so horrible to his ex-wife. And I didn't realize it at the time. He talked so poorly about her to me. And I'm like, why does she keep calling him? Why don't she just let go and move on? Well, it's because he was gaslighting her too. Yeah. He was lying to her too mm-hmm. and saying, oh, this relationship, you know, or just lying about me. If you're in a relationship with somebody, they're not, they know how to apply boundaries. And if it feels like another woman is crossing those boundaries, then sometimes it's probably the guy Mm -hmm. who won't put because my husband has put those boundaries down you know what I mean like he there there's no drama there's no none of that Mm -hmm. that's like my little soapbox speech to (laughs) anyone on here seeking love advice Because this is just ridiculous. Like, I'm so angry at both Rachel and Sarah in this because it's like, you would not be put in this position if he truly loved you. Right. It wouldn't But happen. they're so young. They don't realize they are. that, you know? So Rachel then got Sarah's phone number off of Josh's phone and began harassing Sarah. Now, if I was Sarah, I'd be like, okay, how did Rachel get my number? Mm-hmm. And if it comes out, well, you know, it was, she got off my phone. Well, when was she with you to even get it off your exactly. phone? Exactly. If you're not dating her, then how'd that happen? Right. So again, at first, Sarah just chose to let it go but then she just hit her breaking point because Rachel was harassing her. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was all day, every day. Responding to Rachel, Sarah found out that Josh and Rachel were actually dating. Mm -hmm. So once Sarah started to respond to her, she realized like, wow, Rachel's not making this up. He's a big fat liar. Yeah. But instead of doing what rational people do, and that's dumping the loser that is Josh, she decided to engage in a full-blown war with Rachel. Sarah found out where Rachel worked. And by the fall of 2008, at the start of her senior year at Pinellas Park High School. Sarah's tears had turned to anger. But instead of texting and messaging Rachel online, she took the fight over Josh a step further into the real world. Rachel had the regular shift, I think, on Thursdays when they did karaoke at Applebee's. And so Sarah and her friends would come to karaoke, make up these sort of bad lyrics to the songs and sing them really loudly at Rachel to sort of taunt her. Other times, Sarah would purposefully sit in Rachel's section. She would knock the tray off, knock the plate off the table, you know, so that Rachel would have to clean it up. Rachel would be coming in with a big tray of food. Sarah would, like, bump her or hip check her and try to, you know, make her spill the food. But Rachel found ways to fight back. Rachel would, in return, sometimes, you know, spit in her food or, or, you know, put hair in her food. So they were always doing these things back and forth. And would go to her work and just harass her. She would purposefully sit in her area and make a mess that Rachel would have to clean up. But girl, you want this girl delivering your food? I know. That, that doesn't seem That doesn't seem smart on her part. Cause in it, they, what was Rachel doing They even food? say they that she spits in her food or puts a hair in her food or something yeah. like that. That's just... Like, y'all really trust that she ain't... Yeah. Adding a little something to that. So, reporter Tim says he finds it so strange because despite the fact that Josh is doing this to both of them, the girls' animosity was focused on each other and not Josh. In fact, both girls continue to date him. That's insane. It's weird. I mean, because they literally go back and forth and say, oh, Josh is sitting with me now and like mm-hmm. take a picture of Josh and send it to the other girl. See, me, I would be mad at the guy. Well, yeah, Just be like, I don't know. And I guess I have too much self-respect. I would be like, look, if a guy likes you, he's going to pursue you. And this exactly. guy, he's not going to pursue some other He's not going to put you in that position no. to have to fight over him. It's around 1 a.m. on April 15th, 2009. Rachel and Sarah had faced off with one another 
And it ended with Sarah being fatally stabbed. Mm -hmm. And we're going to dive into this. Several witnesses identified Rachel as the stabber. Mm -hmm. So we kind of jumped forward and we're going to go back. We're going to we're going to explain what happened that night. The police found Rachel sitting on a bench smoking a cigarette and Rachel came to the police station and gave a statement. The night that all of this happened, Rachel was texting Josh. Josh was at Sarah's house. Sarah looked over and saw that Rachel was texting. A conflict ensued in some way, not between Sarah and Josh, between Josh, Sarah and Rachel. Mm -hmm. And from what we understand in the show Rachel is screaming on the phone we know this because she's at her friend Javier's house mm -hmm. and Javier will come into play Rachel is screaming at Sarah but then Sarah would hand the phone over to Josh and Rachel would be crying to Josh mm -hmm. Rachel knows that Sarah and Josh are together right there's just this big war of the words over the phone and Sarah just has enough of it and she says I'm going to confront him confront Rachel mm -hmm. I'm, sorry, I'm saying wishful they should be confronting Josh yeah Sarah, along with Josh's sister Janet and one of her other girlfriends, load up in Sarah's minivan. In a minivan. <laughs> in a minivan. It was so shady because Rachel's like, I guess that was her mom's minivan. I don't know. <laughs> But they load up into this vehicle and they go to where Rachel lives. Well, Rachel's not home. They go into town and run into another friend. And the mm -hmm. friend says, oh, no, I saw Rachel. She's over at Javier's house. Mm -hmm. They jump into the van and run over to Javier's house where Javier and Rachel are both sitting outside and Rachel's sitting on the hood of a car. From what we gather right out the gate, Sarah stops the van. I just picture it like, like a minivan just busting up on a curb. Yeah. Before she even puts it in park, she like kicks the door open. <laughs> And she starts screaming at Rachel and yeah. Rachel immediately jumps up and basically confronts her aggressor. Because, I mean, let's be honest, we, we're not victim blaming, blaming, but Sarah in this situation was the aggressor. Mm -hmm. She found Rachel. She showed up to confront her. Right. There's two different versions of events. Mm hmm. You know, we all know we all know what led up to the point where Sarah got stabbed. Janet, who is Josh's sister. Josh is the guy that everyone's fighting over. Right. He's this guy. Mm -hmm. She says that the moment Rachel came up to Sarah, Rachel stabbed her. That's her story. Mm -hmm. She says she stabbed her twice. Javier, who is Rachel's friend, said, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. The moment she drove up, Sarah got out the car. Rachel went to confront her. There was a fight. It was very short. I mean, it was like maybe matter 10 sec seconds Yeah, long. matter of seconds. In the hustle and bustle, Rachel pulled out a knife from her back pocket and Sarah got stabbed. Yeah. Now, this is not just a, like a little pocket knife that she just may have had on her. This is like a shown off knife. Right. I mean, it's full blown. Yeah. It's a kitchen knife. So we are in the interrogation room with the police officers and they are interrogating Sarah. I'm sorry, they're interrogating Rachel. Rachel, Rachel does not know that Sarah's dead at mm -hmm. this point. They got a phone call while she was in there and they chose not to tell her. And Rachel basically says, look, I was defending myself. Mm -hmm. I took that knife with me because I've been getting threats from Sarah. I have it on me a, a lot. It's to defend myself. She says she had no intention of stabbing Sarah. It was just a horrific accident. And so it was in the interrogation, interrogation room. The police tell Rachel that Sarah was in fact dead and they arrested Rachel with second degree myrtle. Myrtle. <laughs> myrtle. <laughs> with second degree murder. They ask her, where's the knife? And mm -hmm. this, is, this is odd to me. I'm sorry, but this is weird. She says, oh, I ditched the knife. 
Right. Well, they recover the knife. It was on a neighbor's roof. Yeah, she had thrown it when she went to someone else's house to, and she was sitting there. But on the way there, she had tossed it and ended up on a, a neighbor's Which, roof. That's suspicious to me, too. Yeah. I mean, don't run away from the situation. Now, Javier does say that prior to this incident happening, that Rachel was very upset. And he tried to, I mean, he was a good friend. He says, you know, if Josh was cheating on her, then obviously he didn't love her. And just let it go. Let it go. Just let it go. Move on. Yeah. Don't, con- you've got too much to lose i mean and, and kudos to him for doing that but they they someone does mention that you can call him rat rat that he was kind of sitting back throughout this whole ordeal of these girls going back and forth with each other and egging it on well like, rachel said that yeah rachel just, said that he told her if, if you truly cared about me then you would fight sarah yeah that yeah. doesn't seem odd to anyone <laughs> um well most us normal people that seems odd <laughs> These girls. Josh also gets pulled in to be interviewed, and he's such a douche. I'm he sorry. He is. Oh my. There's really no redeeming nice way features about him. It. He's horrible. He is horrible. In the interrogation room, he claims. Although in his interview, Josh claimed that he had broken up with Rachel months earlier. We broke up. I left. She left. And then after that, we were just friends. However, Josh claimed that Rachel hadn't been willing to let go. He said it was Rachel that was misunderstanding that they weren't, you know, a couple and that they weren't going to be a couple. That, you know, oh, Rachel was an ex and she just wouldn't let go. And the police just weren't buying it because Mm -hmm. there's no remorse here. Josh also claims that he didn't know that Sarah was going to Rachel's house. He thought she was just going home. Mm -hmm. But y'all... His sister rode with her. I was going to say, because there was the sister, but then I think there was also some other people. There was a friend. Yeah. yeah. Well, the sister completely says, that's not true. Mm-hmm. We, we That's why I rode with her. I right. was worried about her. They bring up to Josh. They say, Rachel says that you were egging this on, that you were telling her that if, if you really loved or cared about me, you would fight her. And Josh says, oh, no, that didn't happen. And they say, okay, well, can I see your your cell phone? And this dude, he goes... The text messages that could have corroborated his story had been lost. I went to the hospital with her parents, and my phone died while I was there. And it just mysteriously, that night, everything just disappeared. Everything went away. That's a miracle. Well, I went up to the hospital, my phone died, and when my phone turned back on, all the messages were gone. Mysteriously... They were all gone. The cop goes, well, isn't that a miracle? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't don't know how, though, they couldn't. I don't understand how they couldn't recover Recover it. it? I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, I truly do believe Rachel in this situation. I do believe he was egging her on. And so did the cops. The cops said this guy was just, he was getting off on this. Time goes on. Rachel is in jail because she can't afford her bond. Unfortunately, Sarah has a cell phone, but nobody can get into it. Mm -hmm. Until one of her friends, her friend Amber Lee. Go figure, freaking Amber. Amber's (laughs) are the the loyal ones, I I swear. Amber tells uh, Sarah's parents, she says, I can get into her phone. She said, first try. She did it on the the first try and y'all there was a treasure trove of horrific i mean we've heard if you listen yes just threatening very unbecoming terrible voicemails from from rachel Mm -hmm. let me ask you something do you think rachel should have been charged with murder or manslaughter that's okay so that's kind of what i was going back and forth on because initially, remember, like last week, we were wondering, okay, was this truly a self-defense kind of thing? And I was like, we need to know 
more. you know the 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 knife entry wound they did say mm-hmm. that that it pierced her heart now she was stabbed twice but the fatal one was it pierced her heart and, and what did the medical they uh, said that it's testified. it's so it's deep enough and there's enough tissue there that you have to exert a lot of force mm-hmm. to get to the heart there yeah. So, so this it, this story of because she says that when they were fighting, she was sweeping her arms back and forth. Mm-hmm. What makes the most sense, according to the medical examiner, is really her, this Janet story of she put her arm back and with all of her might right. stabbed her. Yes, that made the most sense. Right. But for Sarah showing up there, though, would any of this have happened? And again, I'm not victim blaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a horrible tragedy. I am. Um, Rachel had no business having a knife on her. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. I do think that maybe initially that that was a self-defense thing. But I think the way that knife entered her, there was intent there. Well, yeah. You know? I mean, she reared that. She had to stab her hard enough to. Yeah. Because the whole, I would think if she was just doing her arms back and forth, it would have been like That would have been like a flesh wound or something like that. But she went with enough force, reared back, and pierced her heart. Yeah. So, I mean, uh I don't know. It's it's so it's just a sad it, you know, situation. and this whole time I'm trying to put myself in the parents' position, mm-hmm. Rachel's parents, but also Sarah's parents, because we don't we don't hear from Rachel's parents, but we do hear from Sarah's parents mm-hmm. the victim impact statements. And I, because I was kind of like on the fence, mm-hmm. and I, you know, this whole time Rachel has been wanting independence. She wanted to be treated like an adult. Well. You made some decisions and now you're going to have right. to accept the repercussions of those decisions. So I I don't know that I would have gone for what she didn't up with life in, in prison. No, 27 years. 27 years. Eh, I think it's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so in the court case, you know, we have um, the jury hears all of these, all of these voicemail mm-hmm. messages and they really don't look great. We have the medical examiner explaining, mm-hmm. like you said, the what, what would have had to have actually happened to get that stab wound. Right. And in, in the voice messages she's literally saying like i will murder you yeah i don't know that uh she meant that i think she was really truly just saying it just to scare her or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't think she beforehand would have been like i am gonna actually murder this yeah rachel didn't like track her down no to murder her and also you know rachel does get on the stand and they say she does a pretty good Mm -hmm. job testifying she completely looks different than the girl in the messages right the defense's whole position was this was self-defense but the prosecution points out first of all she didn't exactly retrieve i mean she Mm could have gone in in javier's house yeah. She could have called the police. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to bring a knife. On the stand, Sarah, Rachel testifies that to justify her voicemails, that Sarah was sending her the same thing. But un- the prosecution says, OK, well, where's your proof of that? Oh, well, I erased them. Yeah, they're all gone. So there's no so, pr- proof of that. I mean, mm-hmm. there is proof that Rachel was was terrorizing Sarah, mm-hmm. but there's no proof of it being the other way. Right. And so all of that really just comes into play. But you know what just gave me the flying red ass was when Josh mm-hmm. came in as a witness. The rat. The rat. And the whole purpose of Josh being a witness was the defense wanted to put a lot of blame on Josh and it did work somewhat. I do blame him. Oh, I totally blame him. I think he was the catalyst that uh-huh. started. He was just horrible. Yeah, because you know what happens to Josh? Not Nothing. a damn thing. He gets to live on his life and, and Sarah is reporter dead. Reporter Tim says he kind of just gets this reputation of being even more yeah. of a ladies' man. Look what yeah. these girls did for me. Two beautiful girls yeah. did this for me. One but... one is dead and one is in prison for 27 years. Right, all because of me. On the stand, it was pretty obvious Josh 
Josh was playing both girls and adding fuel to the flop fuel to the fire. I can't talk today. And he displayed zero remorse. He doesn't apologize. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say if I could go back in time. He blamed right. both the girls. Yeah. He said, oh, Rachel was just there. They were both friends with benefits. Right. And, and it's like, God, I just want to punch him in the mm -hmm. face. And one of the reporters said, you would think that there would be something, some type of emotion, some type of remorse, some type of I'm sorry that I did not mean to cause this, but there was none of that. It was all just part of this game to him. I think everybody in the courtroom wanted to take him and shake him, you know? Most of us, like, wanted to get up there and just shake him. Right. And say, because of you, this drama has just been created. This right. is insane. Um, yeah, because you know he could, if he wanted to, he could have put a stop to it all. Yes, to he could it all, have. You know? And the saddest part of it all is that what I wish I could tell both Rachel and Sarah at the time, honey, if y'all would just combine forces, you will find mm -hmm. out there are probably four other girls yep. he's talking to. Y'all yep. two are not the only two. Mm -hmm. And he's not going to be faithful to you. Even mm -hmm. if he ends things with Rachel for some reason, or Rachel ends things with him, he's just going to find somebody else exactly. to do this with. The defense is hoping for an acquittal in the prosecution and Sarah's parents are really hoping for the harshest sen sentence, which is life in prison. Mm -hmm. Neither one of them really get what they want. Rachel was found guilty of second degree murder, sentenced to 27 years in prison, and she will be released in 2035 at the age of 45. Mm -hmm. And our boy Josh walked away with a reputation as a playboy with absolutely zero consequences. Exactly. Which, he gets to go on and have a great life. You know what? If you know this cat, okay, Josh Camacha. The rat. The rat, as, as Sarah's dad called him. He may have changed his ways. We don't know because this was in 2009, 2010. Mm -hmm. But tread lightly. Can I just say, I am digging that shirt. Thank you. Sarah wore her NSYNC shirt today. Yes. So my friend Megan surprised me and bought this shirt. It's from Old Navy. But it looks, really? Yes, but it looks like a concert t-shirt from I was NSYNC. Like, did you get that back when we went to it? No, girl. This is like a new shirt and I'm obsessed with it. That is so cute. Yeah, they have a whole line of like vintage inspired. Well, I say vintage. It's so sad. It is but vintage, like, girl. We're there's old. Like a t I have a tank top now that says MTV, you know, music television back yeah. when it was actually she got one from like the the group tlc that is too cute i just noticed in i kept yes. saying is that lance is that lance yes. is that our boy lance bass yes it is oh i love it i love it oh my god i got one i got like a pink one that says saved by the bell oh nice <laughs> Very nice. And y'all, we OG Saved by the Bells. We go oh, all the way yeah. back to Miss Bliss. Yes, yeah. Miss Bliss. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got a little sidetracked there. That's, <laughs> that is the end of the show. That's that's yeah. the end of the story. I just, now we have a little bit more context. I still don't understand the whole, how this was in the oversharer part of um, well, I the guess because type. I guess because a lot of this went back and forth through MySpace. That's what I'm maybe assuming. Too. In the uh, voicemails? In the voicemails, maybe? It played out publicly. And like our girl Candace said, maybe this wouldn't have happened happened if they didn't have such an audience throughout this whole thing that's true so yeah and it's tragic y'all girls lives are ruined and, and i know this is true because in the south i can recall being in high school and hearing about one girl showed up to another girl's house and i'm not going to say any names but i do remember it happening i was not involved me and sarah were not involved oh no but i remember it happening like a girl showing up to another girl's house to fight like knocking on the door and saying excuse me um is such and such here and they're like, sure, honey. Hey, one of your friends are here and just a big fight breaks out in the front yard. I could not imagine that happening on my front lawn. I know. Mm. But so mm. I know that that happens, but I, I don't know. I'm just always surprised. I'm always surprised people fighting over men. I know. 
You know, like it, it, but it, it, I guess it is a pride thing, but just take a second and look at the common link here, which is the guy. Right. And when you really think about, okay, he doesn't, he clearly doesn't like me enough to, to be with just me. So. And to make me feel confident yeah. in a relationship. So confident. So I'm so unconfident right now that I have to go fight another girl. Yeah. Would not occur to me. To go and me fight another either. person. I'd be fighting him. I know. Like, get out of my damn exactly. house. Because like you said, if they're doing it to these two girls, then he's probably doing it to someone Girl, else, he too. Got, he got 10 different women all over the place, you know. That's and then a shame. With the invention of, like, Tinder, it makes these guys even more yeah. capable of doing this stuff. So. Oh, that's so sad. Tread lightly, ladies. Tread lightly. And, you know, don't be scared of getting out of that situation. Yeah. Like, but, you know, I, and I, we don't really know the whole backstory on, on Rachel's upbringing. I mean, they said it was it was great, but like you and I said, well, yeah. we're not sure. There was a clear lack so, of parenting. Yeah, so maybe there maybe there wasn't that model relationship, yeah. a healthy relationship that she could look at and be like this is what I need to look yeah, for. Yeah, cuz if you if you look at the dynamic between her and her parents, I mean, the impression you almost get is that like they don't care enough to mm-hmm. to make her to fight yeah. with her to make her finish school yeah to fight with her everything she did was because she made the choice to do it I mean I've heard that there are parents out like like out there that do this kind of thing but like I did not grow up not with in those our parents. circle no not in our circle no, no. and my and friends I feel like we all turned out well. yeah and my friends parents were the same way but right there there are parents that don't there's give a damn, no way that go for like the easy route and just yeah, let like, their kids well, run they wild. make their own choices and then they pop up pregnant. Yeah. And... It was a great choice, mom, dad. Yeah. Well, Sarah, what are you in the mood for next week? Any clue? I don't know. Well, when is Amber gonna pop I'm thinking, in? I'm thinking, okay, so probably in May sometime. Okay. Maybe, probably when we do maybe our cousin day because she'll be in town. Okay. We could try and set something up to where do a quick. That would be quick... fun. So that'll be in May, but. But we also have our Mother's, Mother's Day. Our Mother's Day special. I know that's I'm, I'm, fun. I cannot wait for that one. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> my mom's either going to be super talkative on the mic or she's mm-hmm. going to be like, really? My mom's most uttered phrase is, oh, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We can like do a count on how many times she's drinking that. game. Yes. Yeah. Even Libby, she, like she makes fun of her now, like, oh uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom's so funny. Your mom will probably be more talkative than my mom. Okay? We'll see. I don't know. You get them together and they you know, they're both talkers though. Mm-hmm. My mom will just be looking at us over her glasses like What? Are you serious? People do this? <laughs> yeah. They do yeah. mom. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What what you have any ideas for next? I'm gonna look and I'll okay. post about saying I'm a post on Facebook <laughs> and I never do. Y'all, um, we just tired. <laughs> I know. It's this it's been raining for four days. And yeah, and we're I had over a, it. This is a we had to reschedule this recording because I had a sick kid yesterday. Mm. So it's we tired, y'all. We are. It's a lot of work. We'll we'll decide and we'll figure something out. We'll let you all know. See yeah. if y'all want to watch it before or yeah. Or you kind of know what we're talking about. Now yeah. mm-hmm. all right y'all we will see y'all next week. Thanks everybody. Thanks.